am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Eighty-five percent of the teenagers in high school have been exposed to hardcore Satanism. Jesus wants me to live an abundant human life. Satan's pretty cool. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fake Ritual, the podcast, your guide to pop culture and the occult. I'm your host, Lucas Sloppy, and with me today is Pittsburgh artist and DJ Stephanie Song. What's up? Hey, how's it going? Good. You're here. I am here. We're doing it. Live in the flesh. Yeah. So, artist and DJ, DJ... DJ at Jellyfish. Yes. Tell people about this Jellyfish. Jellyfish is a queer party that takes place monthly at um, P-Town, a gay dive bar on Bomb Boulevard in, I don't even know, is that Oakland? Oakland, Shadyside? Yeah, something like that. It is kind of an in-between, a liminal space, as they say. Yeah, I mean, everything about the party feels like a liminal space. Like, I feel like we're all on borrowed time there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, even the cut, like the lighting is like bisexual lighting, kind of liminal. You know, it's in the, <laughs> yeah. the gray oh, area. Yeah, you yeah. Know? In between like gender, in between yes. sexuality. Exactly, exactly. But yeah. yeah, this is, did you say how often it is? Uh, monthly. Monthly. Yeah, I mean, we try to do it monthly with, with COVID. It's obviously much more difficult. Um we do it outside in the summertime, in the winter. It's kind of, you know, we're trying to figure out exactly what to do with that. And what sort of music um, do you play? Mostly Italian disco, disco, um, a lo- you know, like house, deep house, a lot of like good post-punk stuff too, you know, like things with like a good beat. Um, yeah. Anything you can like really dance to and like kind of feel yourself under the moonlight too. Well, this being... You know, in a cult podcast, uh, what's your sort of take on, you know, dancing as ritual and maybe the magical connotations of something like jellyfish, especially with the addition right, of like right. uh, subversive, sure. you know, sexuality and gender, you know, totally breaking being at the forefront. It, it feels, um, I mean, every time I'm there in, in whatever our makeshift DJ booth is, um, it always feels like we're we're pounding these drums and like summoning a deity or something, and and a lot of it does feel very ritualistic, and and um, everyone gathers and kind of like pulsates to the same rhythm, and it feels very, it feels, you know, like not quite sacrificial, but like an offering, you know, yeah. like a summoning, an offering, um, and I'm not sure what we're we're bringing up, but I'm sure it's. It's going to wreak a lot of fucking havoc in the world, and I'm here for it. But not on, yeah, not on the uh, not attendees. On right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. On the norms. We're just on opening the-, the Pandora's box for everyone else. Yeah, you know? something to bring, you know, right. attack the status quo, right. if you will. And that that's always, you know, that's always the goal, right? Yeah. 
Wishing well? I... I wish... I wish that I could sing and dance. If you try hard on what you do, all your wishes can come true. Sing and dance. Sing and dance. So before the show today, you came to me with the idea of talking about Chinese folklore and magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know so little about that. Uh, and I'm excited to learn more. So, you know, tell us and tell the listeners uh, why you want to talk about that. You know, what sparked this last minute change of plans to the show? Um. So I, I recently went back home to visit my parents and for the first time in a couple of years, and it was great to, to see them. But in the process, they, they also gave me a lot of relics and jewelry and um, artifacts from like my grandparents' emigration to yes. the U.S. Yeah, you had said earlier that yeah. your, your parents came from Taiwan mm-hmm. and then your grandparents had fled China. Right. To Taiwan before that, and when when was that? When was the um? So that was during the Cultural Revolution, and then like my parents' so fifties. Yeah, am I getting mm-hmm. my history right? Yeah, not um, a history podcast, folks. Okay, me so, neither. Like, don't come at us with your dates and yeah. whatnot. Okay? I only know art history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talk about movies and right and woo woo shit. Okay, exactly. I only know what like they pass on. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know what my grandmother's passed on to my mother and vice, you know, and so. But yeah, on. so you got these different items. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so and some of them felt very, um, really sacred and really powerful. Like there were things with like precious gemstones in them, like tiger's eye and like, um, you know, amethyst and rose quartz and, uh, you know, sapphire. All these things, um, and they're all handmade and in the Jade Alley, essentially. And um, it's a it's a market in Taipei that sells, um, you know, handmade and uh, a lot of, like, jade and, like, semi-precious jewels and stuff like that. Um, but in receiving them, it, it feels like uh, my spirit guides are kind of embodied in these, in these relics and they're um, here to guide me and help, like, help me figure out my way in life. And then... You know, going further with that, what sort of, like, as far as the folklore and the folk magic, what comes to mind? You told me sure. before the show that you were kind of raised hearing these stories yeah. and mm-hmm. maybe realized later that they were unique yeah. in your experience. What's so interesting about a lot of Chinese and Taiwanese folklore is that um, it really embraces ghosts and spirits and um, and, like, the thing that is that tends to be the thing that you grieve in the story is, is the loss of time, you know? So like, mm. um, that's the really frightening part. All of a sudden you go into a cottage and you leave it and all of your friends and family have died and oh. you're like, and like 700 years have passed by. That's huh. always like, that's oftentimes the takeaway and the really horrifying part of that. Like some witchy, beautiful ghost lures you into a space and um, and then all of a sudden you leave and everyone you love is dead. <laughs> ah. Where do you think that comes from? I, I'm like, I know, you know, chi- like Chinese civilization is sure. like one of the oldest. Like, 
Yeah, it's one up of, there. I want, it's up there. Yeah, it's for always sure. A, trying to trace those things is really difficult. Right. It is. It's not a history podcast. Yes. Okay. But yeah, to uh, like just culturally how people handle. Mm -hmm. That's really what this show a lot of the times is about. It's just it's interesting, especially to see through pop culture Mm -hmm. and just culture in general, like how different societies express the supernatural. Yeah. The occult, like because it it does point back to something within that society. It's it comes from somewhere. So I'm like, huh, this fear of time. Because yeah. what are ghosts and, like, I'm trying to think of it, a typical American. I mean, typical American, they're mostly imported. I went to Hansel, Hansel and Gretel, and I was like, that's a German story. Uh, but even that, yeah, something sure. like Hansel and Gretel, it's like, they go into the cottage, and right. it's, it's a little more like, there's like a brutality to it, a little right. less nuanced. The mm-hmm. fear lies in, like, being cooked yeah being, <laughs> being eaten, killed yeah eaten. cannibalism yeah, but there is of course it's but yeah. interestingly there is a fear the witch yeah. in those stories is often a hag yeah an old woman mm-hmm. so there is this aspect of time yeah but maybe more how it applies to like individuals i don't know i'm extrapolating here but that's some of my favorite thing to do on the show is like really armchair sure i mean <laughs> like i think what they, what they do have in common is like oftentimes like being lured into something like, mm-hmm. like a cabin in the woods mm-hmm. some kind of um isolated you know house or home or something yeah and then they're being preyed upon in different ways and what really terrifies i think um people from more you know traditionally Eastern mindsets is the loss of time versus the loss of life, you know? Mm. So it's just a different, a, a different fear of the outcome, you know? Yeah. And there's also a lot more like ancestor worship. Right. In, exactly. In the East mm-hmm. than there is in the West to use kind of whatever terms. Sometimes the East, sure. the West, it's like, yeah, what is that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, West, that, West, maybe East. that's where it comes from because I feel like, especially in America, it's like, our relationship with death is just, we don't, like, we don't really have any celebrations that, like, right. at least, especially in America, you have the Day of the Dead, you know, in Mexico, that mm-hmm. is the closest we can sure. relate to, like, oh, wow, a celebration yeah, yeah. that, like, I mean, we have Halloween, but it's not. I mean, that not, seems like a really sick celebration, honestly, Day of the it Dead. It does. Yeah. It does, because it is, you're, go- you're, you're hanging with your cool. dead relatives and you're honoring Yeah, them we have a similar and, thing, but not as fun. <laughs> if you ask me i'm like i think it's a little bit less less festive let's just say, put it that way um it's called tomb sweeping day okay um i wish i could tell you the exact day um i think it's it's in the fall and uh it tends to be like um you know when when you go visit your ancestors graves and you, you like sweep their sweep everything out like there's usually like overgrowth and whatever you cut that back and you leave offerings of fruit and money and like little things for them and you burn incense and you kind of like say a little prayer or a message to them but it's a little more uh uh pensive a little mm-hmm. more like it's serene than exactly than like day of the dead there's not as much totally. like it's more parade of, right okay okay i mean you could do it that way and i 
fully endorse that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the young Taiwanese people out there. Well, it's all, in America, we have a, a celebration that almost completely gets rid of any of the ancestor worship, any of the like mm-hmm, honoring mm-hmm. of the dead, and has now just become total like commercialism. Yeah, really. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. Whatever. It is fun. Yeah, <laughs> but I do. I I like to try to remember. Even I mean, Hall, All Hallows Eve and. And before, like Samhain, sure. you know, mm-hmm. came from a similar thing. Yeah, you know, in the that time of year, you got the the, uh, the veil is thin, and, sure. and and death and life are kind of like intermingling. And I think there is a trend now. I mean, we got tons of like like trendy witches and people that are right. just kind of like doing yeah. it for the looks. But I do think there is a rise in like people actually trying to like paying attention to the stuff. Yeah, and yeah. just pagan practices embracing them yeah the powers of darkness hover and swoop in the night descending like death on helpless innocent victims A way must be found to stop the evil spread. But can this be done? Or is it already too late? No one dares predict what the final outcome will be, as the air is filled with the fumes of deadly evil. Don't go alone at night, lest you should encounter the devil. Den of Geek, I found an article titled A Beginner's Guide to Chinese Black Magic Movies. So, you know, kind of in line with what we were talking about with, uh, you know, kind of the the Eastern take on the supernatural and ghosts and uh, similar things. We're going to we're going to. I pulled five from here because it's a kind of a big list. So we're just going to go through here. I'm going to be reading the uh, from my letterboxed account. Uh, are you familiar with Letterboxd? Mm-hmm. The like, you know, social yeah, media for Josh movies. Mm-hmm. Please find me on there. I'm Rufus Gloppy. If you guys want to uh, see what I'm watching, I, I don't have anything on there yet. But yeah, we're just gonna read through five movies here, and uh, I guess just see how we feel. I I feel like maybe we haven't seen any of these, but so the first movie is 1975's Black Magic, and it says here. Those who did not believe in the voodoo curse never lived to tell. A magician makes money by charging people to cast love spells on the objects of their affection. Complications arise when he decides that he wants a customer's bride for himself. Now, what do you think of that, Stephanie? I mean, that sounds incredible. That sounds pretty great. The poster. The poster, I mean, yeah. the Describe poster. the poster for the... This, like, one-eyed skull, um flaming skull with like all these characters drawn or you know photographed around it there's a guy like hailing mary but it's obviously not mary because he's in flames they're like lovers making love someone who looks like she's having an orgasm a bandaged guy with a i don't even know there's there's all (laughs) kinds of crazy shit on here yes it, it looks great it does look great 
Movie two is 1981's The Devil. Not to be mistaken with The Devils. This is a really short write-up. Here's the tagline, Crawling Horror from the Depths of Hell. A hideously ugly witch casts spells on her victims, which turn their insides into snakes and worms. How did they make a whole movie out of this? I don't know, but... That seems like a very... It probably set up a bit like 1981. I mean, this is like post-Halloween. Sure. post This is a year after Friday the 13th came out, so it kind of almost sounds like a slasher, at least, and it's like, you get to see all the different ways she kills them, but it's also like, all she does is turn their insides into snakes and worms. Uh, Honestly, that doesn't sound like that bad of a way to go. I mean, It doesn't. They're already kind of like slippy and slidey. Yeah, they're already inside you. What's the worst thing that they can do? Eat your other innards? We also have here 1983's Devil Fetus. After a couple purchases an antique vase at a market, the woman is possessed and killed by a demonic creature. Twelve years later, the demon returns to possess the woman's nephew and wreak more havoc. So what's the devil fetus part, then? Who's the fetus? Yeah, who is the fetus? Twelve years later, the demon returns to possess the woman's nephew and wreak more havoc. Yeah, maybe, we were talking earlier, maybe it's... Like a bad translation. translation? I don't know, but like it sounds like Chinese Rosemary's baby. Sounds like devil nephew. Yeah. Or or demon Or maybe he impregnates the nephew. I don't know. Maybe that'd be kind of cool. Like Rosemary's baby meets junior. Yeah. Meets a pregnant male. Whoa. Yeah. If it's not that, please listeners do not steal that idea because me and Stephanie are gonna make I'm gonna I'm gonna market this. Junior (laughs) two Meets Devil fetus. <laughs> Devil fetus. Uh, then we have 1983, same year, Seeding of a Ghost. A Hong Kong taxi driver suffers after being cursed by a sorcerer he accidentally hit with his cab. After the driver's wife is raped and killed by teenage hooligans, he pleads with the sorcerer to lift the hex and restore his wife to the land of the living. Otherworldly zombie chaos ensues. I like that part. I do like that. <laughs> I was not expecting no, that at the end. I, that was a sudden turn. Yeah, I I like any horror movie that uh, is grounded in, like, the horror almost stems from, like, a real horror. Yeah. Like, something act- that actually fucks. Yeah, something traumatizing. And then the supernatural sort of stems out of sure. this. This idea of, yeah, oh, like, please bring back my dead wife. Okay, I'm going to do that, but I'm going to bring back. Like, right, right, right. that. Means a, everybody like, else is going to be brought exactly. back too. We got a zombie. Yeah, she's going to be a shell too. of a human. Yeah, I mean, I think what's powerful about that is that it feels like the power of trauma transcending the physical realm oh, and yes. summoning the spirit realm into it's, doing something like completely batshit crazy. Yeah, it's like the externalization cool. of, of exactly. trauma. Yeah. yeah, and this this poster here is just like some emaciated corpse with like. Oh, like, I like the, like a, yeah. It's like a female mummy. Creepy. Yeah, I'm like, here for that. All that of sounds, these posters. That sounds very cool. Really good. I would watch any of these, honestly. Uh, and then we have our final of the five that I picked. This one, also 1983, must have been a really good year <laughs> uh, for these types of movies. This one's called The Black Magic with Buddha. That sounds more like what I was raised with. Yeah. yeah honestly. <laughs> or it also sounds like a like like Christian bat shittery, like somebody, sure. you know, how they totally. every other religion how is to? black magic. <laughs> right, right, right. Buddhism right. is evil. Black magic with Buddha for dummies. Yeah. 
The story is about two explorers who invade a temple in the dark of a jungle. They find a mummy, remove its brain, and return to the mainland. As you do. Sure. The blood and fluid from the brain are used in black magic rituals that result in a series of bloody murders throughout the city committed by the brain. <laughs> I love that. Actually that actually sounds awesome. <laughs> that sounds incredible. Where's okay. the... Oh, so it's like the, they must have taken it from a Buddha statue. From a mummified. But, mum- but like, wouldn't it be like a desiccated, like... I don't know, like the size of like a, a small fist or something. Did if, they remove the brains? Right. I mean, if it's mummified, is it? Is it Buddha's desiccated? mummy? Who's I the don't mummy? Think... Who's the body? Who's the Who's the Buddha with Buddha? I would see this. I would definitely see that. That sounds incredible. I love anything where atrocities are committed by more or less inanimate objects. Well, Stephanie, thank you for being on the show. Of course. Uh, and. Teaching me. We're both learning. How little you know. <laughs> we're both learning. Yes, we're both and learning. That's okay. Uh, anything you want to promote? Any way that um, the listeners can follow you or, you know, upcoming events you want them to go to? Oh, God, I'm terrible at that stuff. Well, what's, mean, your, what's your socials? Uh, my socials are, I mean, I'm mostly on Instagram these days, uh, but my handle is at formosa.exe. F-O-R-M-O-S-A dot E-X-E. And uh, you can also check me and Jellyfish out on SoundCloud. Um, you also have a Jellyfish. There is a yeah. Jellyfish uh, Insta yeah. as well. It's just Jellyfish PGH. And okay. we're that on SoundCloud as well. So you can find us all over that. Um, you upload the the events to SoundCloud. Like not the, every event. We, okay. We do like specific recorded ones. Or oh, like we'll, we'll, yeah. that's cool. We'll I didn't something. know that. But you li- you've listened to the show, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, then you know that you will now join me, if you please, <laughs> in directing the fakers, as we call them, to go fake themselves. Yes. Okay, I will count to three. One, two, three. Go, go fake, fake yourselves. yourselves.